welcome to Metal Vice, a podcast where we talk about all things music. Well, the things we care about, which is metal music and live music primarily. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and I'm joined by my other host, Karen. And this is our first episode of this podcast. Um, for our first episode, we decided to talk about our first live shows. Figured that'd be a good introduction, um, all that stuff. So my first show was April 11th, 2005 at Vets Auditorium in Iowa. And I went to go see Motley Crue. Um, my first show was a non-GA show. Ticket prices I have are $35.50. I don't know what the fees were. I didn't really write that down. I, it was the VH1 Classic Presents Red, White, and Crew Tour. That particular tour, what I remember about it, is it was the Red, White, and, Red, White, and Crew album, like Best of album just came out or was coming out or it was in support of that Best of album that they did. Motley Crue. And looking back, like, I, before this podcast, I started listening to Motley Crue again, just because I'm not the biggest fan of Motley Crue. The reason I went to the show was a friend group of ours was going to it and figured, hey, I'd go. I was getting into music, getting into metal, um, getting into hard rock. You, just, you know, I was young, going through that sort of exploratory phase of music on my own with my friends and... Yeah, just wanted to go check it out. And we were dating at the time, I remember, right? Yeah, yeah. that would have been, yeah. Yeah, we were dating. Um, we tried to get you to go. You really weren't into the music scene as much at that point either. But we remember we tried to get you to go. It was like a gloomy day. And I think you had to work, but you were like sick or something. Yeah, um, I remember you guys were all getting ready to go, and you were trying to get me to call into work sick in the work parking lot, I'm pretty sure. I we think were talking so, about yeah. This. And, um, so you guys want it, but I was sick, but I still went to work cause that's what we did pre 2020. Yeah. We just worked through everything. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I don't even know if I knew who, I mean, I probably heard of Motley Crue, but at the time I was definitely not listening to them. So one of the, one of the radio stations that we listened to a lot growing up was laser 103.3 and Motley Crue was a lot. It was played a lot on on that station, and I think to this day still is. I'm sure. When yeah. we go back to Iowa, we always try to listen to Laser, and we always pick up you know Motley Crue songs on there. Um, yeah, but at the time, I was probably listening to country music still. Yeah, like yeah. I think primarily I only listened to country, um, even maybe for a year after this until I released. I mean, we were hanging out. Um, us too, obviously, because we were dating, but then also with Kyle and Jake, and you guys always listen to um, metal music in the car and stuff. Yeah, so. and they were definitely into, you know, Motley Crue more so than I was. Um, so, like I said, just kind of wanted to go check it out. It was, I remember having, having a good time there at the show. It was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, we had seats, like nosebleeds, way up at the top, back, like straight back from the stage. So, I mean, it wasn't horrible seating. It wasn't great seating by any means, right? I mean, you, you, you're you watching the jumbotrons or the screens more than you are the actual yeah. stage at that point. Yeah, you can't really see the performers. Whoever's singing or performing, you can't. Yeah. They're like little ants on the stage. And I don't remember if they had any openers either. I don't think so. 
but I, I honestly can't remember. And I tried to look a little bit online before this for like research with this as well. And no, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything for that. But yeah, I don't remember a whole lot from the show. Like I said, that, that album, that best of album came out and it's weird. Motley Crue comes out like a, a new best of every 10 years, like every decade they come out with a new one. This particular one had two new songs on it. And I Wait, remember- so- Sorry, it's a best of album, but they had new songs. Right, exactly. Okay. So okay. it's just it's, want to make sure I was following. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird, like that a band would release a new album, like a track, and be like, "This is one of our best tracks ever. We're gonna put it on the best of album." <laughs> but it is sort of a way to like promote and like get people to buy that particular album. Especially yeah. this was two thousand five, so maybe iTunes was a thing back then. I think it may have been, but just starting out, where you would go and you could buy one-off tracks instead of buying an entire CD, but that was still brand new if it was new at the time. Yeah, I don't know about iTunes at that point because I don't know how many people had like, um, what were they called, iPods. Um, I think you had one, but I don't think it was very widespread. They were still pretty expensive, if I remember right. Yeah, they were. people had, I think they were, I don't know where the Napster phase was or like the downloading phase, but I feel like that was right around this time where everybody would, or... Like you would either download the music from the internet, obviously, or um, you would just have a friend or somebody burn you a CD. I remember burning CDs was huge at this point. Yep. Yeah, that's that's very true too. That you would just do like you could download to get the single song. So yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I think primarily, yeah, like I said, the it, it was weird that you know. I, I still find it weird. I think some bands still do it where they release a best of with a brand new track on it, which is just a, a weird thing to do, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but to your point of selling albums, like that would be the reason to sell it. Right. Otherwise, I mean, you maybe would have people buy it without the new tracks, but. Especially when you come out with a new best of every 10 years, like it's why get the new one when they're, it's going to have the exact same tracks you had. Right. The year before. Right. Um. So yeah, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot. I don't remember if Tommy did the the drum kit where he would go straight up in the air and, and play the drums in the air. Um, he had this like little bit with like a titty cam where he'd come out and like film audience members flashing him. Um, but then he dropped that and it broke the camera and that stopped that bit. And he's like, "Oh well, shit. I guess we're gonna start playing music again." Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that. I don't really remember a whole lot. I vaguely have a vision of a merch table that we walked by. Um, And like the crowd is what I would expect now at like a normal concert that we go to. So there was nothing at, at the time it would have been new and novel to me to see a bunch of people like me dressed in jeans and band shirts and leather jackets and whatnot, right? Where, you know, growing up in high or going through high school, not many people wore like that sort of style. Right, right. So, I mean, it was kind of cool to see all that. Like I said, the concert was fine. I don't remember a whole lot about it other than that. So, even though you were in the seats, do you remember, was there like an actual floor? Was there seats on the floor? So, I think it was seats on the floor. Okay. I don't think there were like a pit. There wasn't like a pit. Yeah, so we've been to some concerts that are um, seats on the floor, but majority of the concerts we go to are open 
GA floor. Um, sometimes they have like a VIP section or something that's um, broke off, but otherwise we're or it's just GA. Wherever you stand, you stand. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> not a whole lot to say about 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 the Red Riding Crew tour, at least that I remember. Like that was you know, seventeen years ago. So yeah, it's hard to think back that far. Yeah, I I, I remember going vaguely. I remember enjoying it especially for music that it's not like my go-to, like I absolutely love Motley Crue type music, but like it, w- it was hair metal and I'm not the biggest hair metal fan. So, so I mean, it was an enjoyable event. I went with friends. So if I didn't, if I had to go by myself, I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, Cause I think even before this Metallica had come out with, uh, they were in, I want to say Ames at the Hilton Coliseum for St. Anger. Um, And I tried to convince them to go to that and they didn't like Metallica. So they didn't want to go to that. So like that Metallica is my favorite band. I didn't even go see that show by myself because I was, I I wouldn't say I was scared. I was just, I didn't know what to expect, what to do, stuff like that. So I, I didn't go to that show. They wanted to go to this show, so we went to that show. And I mean, thirty-five fifty for cheap tickets, not horrible. I mean, we were high school students, so that was like a couple days of work after school. So yeah, I mean, looking back now, it seems like super cheap. Like we, you know, if we spent thirty-five dollars on a ticket, it'd be like, wow, that was great. But back in high school, that's a whole day working or more. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that was. Like I said, an enjoyable time. It was a non-GA show. So all in all, I had a blast at that at that particular show. So then we come to your first show, your first non-GA show, which was what? Uh, we went to see uh, Green Day um, perform, and I believe the tour was MTV2 Presents American Idiot Tour. Yeah, I think so. I think. They, I think this was like an add-on show or like a second leg um, show because I think they were in like Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area earlier in the year and then added on like a Des Moines show to that because there was a bit, I remember kids in some classes talking about going to the Cedar Rapids show and hearing them talk about some of the stuff that happened during that show. And then expecting it when we went to see here. And we'll talk to that here in a little bit, I think. Um, do you remember the date for that show? Um, that was September 17th, 2005. Um, and then they had, or it was at uh, Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines. Which is like right next to Vets. Yeah, it's across the street from Vets. So I was there in April 2005. You were there September, so just a few months apart. So they must have just been finishing Wells Fargo or something. I don't know why like Motley Crue would not be at Wells Fargo if it wasn't done. Yeah, I don't remember exactly when uh, Wells Fargo Arena was finished, but I know it was around this time. Like I remember being in high school when it was done because otherwise like the um, high school basketball uh, tournaments and or whatever. I don't even know what they're called, but like the state tournaments, the state tournaments were always held at vets. Um, possibly this year they may have been at Wells Fargo, but I remember going to vets when we were like in middle school to see, um, 
our high school play. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think the Wells Fargo must have been completed around that time. We should have looked up the date that it was completed. but Yeah, and they're both still around today. Yeah. And they're both still used today, which yep. is another really weird thing. Like, Des Moines not a massive city. So to have two decently sized arenas, essentially, because they basically share the same parking lot, too. Yep, yep. They're right by each other. So, like, a city that size, having two of those that close to each other, and usually utilizing both of them is super weird to me. Yeah. Do you know, does Vets still hold concerts? Or is it mostly Wells Fargo and then Vets is more like a convention? Because I, I think it's now like the Hy-Vee Convention Center oh, or something. Oh, is it? Yeah, so I'm wondering if they kind of, I don't know, um, but I remember looking up on a map. Um, that makes sense then. That like, it's now like Hy-Vee Convention. Like, that might be the wrong name, but it's something like that. Like they've re, rebuilt it or remodeled it to be more of a convention center than like an auditorium type thing. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure the auditorium aspect is still there. Possibly. Possibly, possibly not. Like if it is a convention center, like you, you might have big open spots think of mccormick right where like the show floor is like the car show and whatnot you might have stuff like that but then you're also going to have like panel rooms to the side and whatnot and you can probably repurpose the walls to open and close things yeah and i i mean we have no clue yeah we've never been there but i'm we're just speculating um and but then there's also a building um probably straight to the south of that but also as part of the hy-vee convention so i wonder if like this is like an auditorium for like large panels or like a show floor type thing and then they just don't utilize the seats um and then the panel rooms or the smaller rooms are in that other building i'm not sure yeah how about the price for these tickets um when we were researching this it was 39.50 so four dollars more than your ticket and again no fees or at least we don't know what the fees were yeah yeah they weren't printed on the tickets and yeah obviously 17 years ago we didn't know we were going to be talking about it talking about these so um but it it is interesting that it was four dollars more so it could just be from the different venue um because the upgraded venue but we were in the upper seats like the 200 level um we were basically the same place i was for monte crew we're like straight back from the stage in the highest section right right so um Definitely not close to the stage by any means. Um, and I think I remember kind of like what you're saying with Motley Crue, like you were watching the screens more. Um, I have very vague memories from this concert, but I feel like I do remember um, they had like this, and maybe this is just me speculating, but I remember having like the two big screens on the side. On the side. Yeah. And like that's where you would see um, Billy like playing and stuff. I guess, yeah, I don't remember even with Motley Crue if they had the, two screens on the side or if it's the one giant screen right in the center of the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know for, I mean, for some reason I'm just picturing that it's on the side. I mean, most of the shows we go to now have, if they have (laughs) screens, they're going to have the ones on the sides. Right. Right. But that's what I mean. It's like, I don't have a vivid memory of it, but maybe that happened. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't, I honestly don't have, hardly any memories of this um i do know that we had four tickets i think i think so um and we ended up taking uh, our manager at the time's daughter because we both worked at burger king at the time um and we took her daughter who 
was pregnant at the time. That's all I remember. Um, and since we were in the seats, like, her mom was like, oh, it's fine, you know, that she goes. But I'm pretty sure at this concert, kind of like what I asked about Motley Crue, like, how the floor was, I'm pretty sure the floor was open. Open or was it, like, seats? I don't remember seats. Okay. I, get, I can't remember either. Yeah, like, I mean, we could be totally not remembering this at all um, correctly, but I don't remember seats on the floor. Um. I do know that we were really far up, though, and I was not comfortable with the height oh, <laughs> of where yeah. we were. I'm just not a very height-sensitive, um, height I don't know what, how to say that. Like, I'm not scared. It's just... I, you get a little vertigo when you're up yeah, there. Yeah, like, I'm not comfortable. So, like, walking the stairs or, like, standing up in the seats, I'm not comfortable. Do you still feel that way when we sit in... Because we've, we've sat in sections like that recently. Have Like, do you still feel that way? Yeah. Um, like, so... If we think back to like 2019, we um, had two concerts that were that way. Um, we went to SM2 um, in San Francisco at the Chase Center. Um, that one I did feel that way. You did feel that way. Um, not necessarily standing up, but walking down the stairs or up the stairs, I didn't like. Um, and then at Soldier, we were almost in the same spot um, at Soldier Field, or Soldier Field, and that was for Rolling Stone. Um, and it was almost the same. Um, we were almost in the same section, but I didn't feel that way at Rolling Stones. I don't know if oh, it's just because it's like an outside, you know, like you're not necessarily like inside where you're like walking up to rafters or I don't know. I don't know what the difference was. Yeah. I always have uh, walking up and down the stairs is definitely not something I enjoy in those as well. Um, I always have this fear of, I'm going to trip and go tumbling down right? and then yeah. fall off the edge yeah. and die. But then eventually, uh, then like as soon as I have that thought, I'm like, no, nah, I won't die. I'm just going to fall to the next section. And then yeah. I'm probably going to land and like break my leg or something, but I'm not going to die. It's fine. Yeah. I guess we should preference um, both Motley Crue and Green Day. We're in the upper section, but that's the 200 level. They're small I, venues. I don't know if it's 200 or not. I, I feel like Wells Fargo has a 300 section think so i do i do think so Oh, okay well i mean it's not as high up as like chase center we were in the 400s at soldier i believe we were in the 400s yeah so it's i feel like a lot higher in those two venues that are much larger than this yeah so. um how about openers do you remember who the opener was i did not remember but you did the research and it was jimmy eat world which i don't i don't remember that at all the only thing I remember is they they had a song with a music video on MTV where they're playing like a house party and I think they were in like their underwear or something or people are stripping and like jumping in the pool in their underwear. I can't remember exactly, but I have a vivid memory of that particular music video. I don't know what the song is. It was it's one song I heard and I'm like, This isn't horrible. I it's an okay song. Um but I remember Knowing that, knowing Jimmy Eat World because of that song and going to it and being like, all right, let's hear some more of their music. Let's see what else, like what they, what their other stuff sounds like, see if they're good. And I remember just being extremely pissed off by the end of their set because they just sucked. I hated their music so much. And like, what is their music? Like what? I mean, we're not good at genres. Yeah. But- I'd go like alternative rock potentially okay. Okay. indie rock alternative rock is what I would how I would typically classify them 
Okay. Um, I don't remember any of their songs, so I can't even yeah, speak to it. Definitely in like, I, I would say the same genre or area as like Weezer, for instance. Okay. I, I would typically okay. go with. And I don't really care for much Weezer. I think there's a couple songs. Yeah. But. Um, but I mean, I did also think right when I got, well, right when they got done, I was like, well, they're actually kind of the perfect opener. An opener should get you super psyched and pumped. You like take that energy you already have to see the headliner and just elevate it or make you so pissed off at that opener that you're just ready for the headliner. Like the only thing that can make this night better is the headliner for them to come on. Right. Yeah. And that's what Jimmy world did for me. That was more of the negative side versus the positive, but yeah, I, I would say they were a good opener because of that fact then. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I have zero memories of it, so I can't even speak to that. I have <coughs> very little memories of even um, Green Day. Same. I don't remember a whole lot about Green Day. The one thing I remember is that thing I was talking about with kids in school and what they were saying. And they were saying there, there's a part, I don't know what song it is, and it's, I, sh- I should we should know this because they still do it to this day. Yeah, we saw Green Day at Wrigley last year, and then we watched, uh, we watched them play Lollapalooza Sunday night this year. Yeah. We watched on Hulu. We yeah, we watched yeah. It on Hulu. Yeah, we didn't go that night. Um, and they did the same thing both times, so they're still doing that to this day. And I don't know when they started. I don't know if it was part of the American Idiot tour. Or any of like I don't know that. Um, knowing the song would probably help. Like if it was song from American Idiot, but I don't think it is. I think it's an older song. Anywho. Um so they were they were talking in class, they're like, Yeah, so they they pull people on stage and they pull somebody who can play the bass. They pull somebody who can play the guitar. And then they let them play the song. And then the kid who plays the guitar gets to keep the guitar. And so I, I knew that was coming up. And when that song came on or when that section of the, the concert came on, sure enough, they pull a random member of the crowd up. I can't remember at this particular show they brought the, I feel like they brought three people on stage and one of them didn't know how to play the instrument. So they then like booted them off the stage and pulled somebody else up. I feel like that happened, but I can't fully remember. Now that you're saying that, I feel like that may have happened. Where they where they brought somebody up and like, all right, you don't. You don't really know. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, I mean, people know now going to um, Green Day that this, this is going to happen. So they bring signs or they, you know, like yeah. it's a whole part of the thing is like their friend tries to point them out or whatever. Um, but yeah, like if you don't actually know how to play, because um, it's like four Chords? It's like one chord, I think. One chord? Maybe okay. maybe two. Okay. You just go back and forth between the two. I, I don't honestly know. Yeah, we don't know how to play guitar either, so we shouldn't even be talking. And the bass is just like one note, just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, for some reason, I that's vaguely like I vaguely remember them, um, like being like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. And I. I I, I remember laughing to myself during this bit too when it got over because they took the bass back from the kid playing the bass and they were like, 
all right, now do a do a crowd jump. And the kid ran off the stage, jumped in the crowd, did a little bit of a crowd surf and, and whatnot, right? Then they turned to the guitar player and was like, thanks for coming up. You get to keep the guitar. And it was like, wait a minute. The fucking bass just gets to jump into a crowd and <laughs> the guy playing, the person playing the guitar gets to keep the fucking guitar. Like, this isn't, this isn't fair. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of... Um I mean, unless you've seen this done, which back then, like, things weren't on, I mean, YouTube was a thing, but, like, people weren't, like, going out to social media and, like, uh, checking out the concerts or checking out what happens. So you might not know that you're not going to get the bass and the guitar player is going to get the guitar. And like I said, we saw them 2021 at Wrigley and then watched them on Hulu for Lala this year. And they only brought up, a guitar player yeah, each time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know when they stopped doing the bass. Yeah, but you remember the bass as well, right? Or is it just one of those things like I'm just making it up? No, um, I mean I don't remember it, but you talking about it like gives a vague memory, and I don't know if it's because last year maybe we talked about it at um, Wrigley when we saw them, or what the case is. But they, like, it's one of those memories that like once you talk about it, it's either I do remember it or I'm just painting a picture of what I thought it was in my head. And, um, but honestly, the show, I, I don't remember hardly anything and I should have because at the time I really liked Green Day. Um, and I think I should have memories of it, but we didn't have cell phones that like captured it or like we weren't recording things you couldn't take cameras in. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, agreed. I don't remember a whole lot about the show as well. I remember having a good time again. Like it was a live show. I enjoyed live music. It was, we were young. It was fun. Like, and obviously we still like going to live shows because we do it all right. the time now. Right. Um, so, I mean, we've seen good shows. We've seen bad shows. This definitely wasn't the greatest show we've ever seen. Definitely wasn't the worst show we've ever seen. It's just one of those middle of the roads. Like this was a, this was a good time. Yeah. But, like, I don't uh, – you mentioned merch at Molly Crew. I don't remember ever seeing merch or even walking by the merch stands. Like, I feel like we got there and, like, went directly to our seats. Yeah, I can't remember that much either. Um, I I feel like we got a shirt. I feel like we just got an American Idiot shirt with, like, the dates on the back. Okay. I don't remember 100%. Like black with the red heart on it. Right, it was black with the logo, the, the American Idiot logo. Yeah. And then I think the dates were on the back. Yeah. I wonder if we have that. We might have that in the storage unit yeah. with we, all... Yeah. I mean, we need to dig through there and see yeah. if we even have our old band shirts. We think we have a whole tote of band shirts. Yeah, we'll dig through I mean, they there. won't fit, but... Yeah, maybe. They were large, so... Oh, were they? Yeah. Hmm. Um. And so... And so I said this was your first show, and then I corrected myself. So it was your first non-GA show. Yes. If I asked you last year what your first show was, what would you say? Green Day. This this show here. This show, yeah. I even posted when we went. Cause, so Green Day at Wrigley was our first show post-COVID lockdowns. And um, I posted a sentimental thing on Instagram like, oh, it was my first show. And then um, our, my first show after COVID lockdowns, like, I'm glad to be back to live music, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, up until we started researching for this, it was Green Day. And, yeah, I, if you asked me, I would have said the same thing, that 
the Green Day show was your first show. Yep. Yep. For some reason, like that's just seared in my mind as that was your first show. Yep. But it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Your first show it was what? So my first show actually was um seen disturbed at Valo Valair Ballroom um for the Jägermeister tour on August thirtieth, two thousand five. So that so was two weeks before. Right, exactly. Like two weeks prior was your first show, yep. which was a, G, a GA show. Yes, yeah. And then you had non-GA. Yes. And I remember I have more memories of this show than Green Day. Really? Yeah. I mean, like three, but I had zero for Green Day. Right. So. I have it, none for this show. It is so funny that for 17 years we said... Green Day was my first concert that I had ever been to because I'd never been to a concert before. In my mind, I'd never been to a concert before. <laughs> and then when we did research, like we even looked up the tour for Disturbed. We even tried to like line up dates. We looked at our ticket. We have all our tickets and we looked at our tickets. Like we did research to prove that this was actually my first show. I mean, there was one of the Disturbed shows we saw. Uh, back around that time and it was supposed to be at the balloon field or the waterworks six flags waterworks six flags it's really weird it's named the same thing as like an amusement park and i think it's called six flags and like waterworks oh i always remember as waterworks park or something there's a name in front of it i'm 80 percent sure it's six flags okay I've never heard Six Flags. I've always heard Waterworks. But then they moved it from there to Val Air. Yes. And I remember being hot as fuck. Yes. That's all I remember from that particular show. Yeah. But that was like 2009. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Was that with them and Killswitch Engage? Then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot later. Okay. I think that's, I think that yeah. rings a bell. Yeah. Because we also saw them in Waterloo that year. Right. Well, I remember that. I remember yeah. That show was Waterloo, but I don't remember if it was supposed to be originally at Waterloo or not. Or sorry, sorry. Waterworks. Waterworks or not? Yeah. If um. Yeah, that was that same year or whatever. Yeah. So we saw, we saw them four times when we lived in Iowa, because um, we saw this show. Um, we saw them with uh, Mark. Um, Mark went. Mark and Kyle, maybe. I know Mark went with us. Yeah. That was at Valair as well. Um, and then. We that saw, wasn't Killswitch Engage that they went no, to? No, no, that was another one. Okay. Um, it was in, yeah, it was a different one. Um, it was the second one that we saw. Okay. And then we saw them, just the two of us at, um, wa- um, not Waterworks, sorry, at Valair again, but it was supposed to be at Waterworks. And then we went to Waterloo as well. Waterloo is before. Waterloo and then yep. the, uh, the third Valair, yeah. What did we pay for this particular one, this Jägermeister tour, your first, your first show? A whole $28.50. It with sixteen fifteen. Yeah, so but still like thirty four dollars for the ticket. Like Yeah, not bad. Super cheap now. I mean compared to what we pay for tickets now. And who were the openers? Um, so this is actually how you well, ten years was one of the openers, which I don't remember ten years at all. And we may have missed them. I don't know if we missed them. We probably actually made it to see them. Maybe. Uh I just I don't remember much of them either. Yeah. I don't and I don't even know them now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it definitely didn't leave an impact. But at the time, I was listening to, like, um, so my be- best friend was um, from Mexico. So we listened to a lot of um, Spanish music. Um, 
And so there was a band called El Nino that um, sung in um, Spanish. So you got me into them. I think it's like your little ploy, like, oh, if I like something and you don't like something, I'm going to find a way to, like, get you to like it. It definitely was. Like, I liked Disturbed and wanted to go see a Disturbed show. El Nino I also liked a lot. Yeah. Um, but I even mean just getting into the music. No, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you like metal music, so you're like, oh, um, this band sings in Spanish and you like Spanish, or you like music in Spanish. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I wanted to see Disturbed. wanted you to come with me. I wanted you to get into the genre, into metal music and going to see live shows. Because it would make it a lot easier. Cause so you don't have to go by yourself? Yeah. My friend group was very, like I said, they I tried to get them to go see Metallica. And they were like, I don't like Metallica. I'm not going to go see that. And I don't think they were really big and disturbed either. And they didn't want to go. And a lot of the music I listened to, like Slipknot and whatnot, they, they weren't super big fans of. So they weren't going to shows with me to see that. And it's like, shit, I don't want to go by myself. I'll get my girlfriend to go with me. And you're right. El Nino, I knew you you were big and you were learning Spanish at the time. Um, your friend was from Mexico. She, you know, you spoke Spanish with her and whatnot. So. I really didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. I always had this I image always, that you did. No, like, I would try maybe one word, but, like, she would basically talk around her family and friends. Um and I would just kind of be silent and talk to her gotcha. or talk to her siblings. Um, her father knew some English, and I, her mom I didn't really. Like, I could be, like, say her name. And, like, if I called, because at the time we didn't have cell phones, so you would call the home phone. Yeah, yeah. And I'd basically just say her name, and her mom would hand the phone to her. <laughs> like, I didn't even know how to say, like, is this person there or something like that in Spanish, so. Right, but I mean, I think I think it was intimidation, though. I did want to learn Spanish. Um, I was taking it in high school, um, which high school Spanish is nothing. But um, I did want to learn. Um, but I think it was like an intimidation thing of saying something wrong, or oh. you know, like, and also just not having the opportunity because she would just um, translate. Um, but yeah, I always wanted to learn Spanish, and I still do. Um, I know a few words, but not much. Yeah, but I mean, that was sort of like. All right, this will be the bridge between metal and something else you already are familiar with or enjoy or want to like know more about, you know, an interest of yours. Combining the multiple interests to get you into another one, basically. Yeah. And I remember we talked about this several times in the past and you you had said we had seen El Nino. And I was adamant that like, no, we have never seen El Nino. I completely forgot we saw them. And did you really? I did. I completely forgot about both of these yeah. openers. I think forever I've been telling you, like, no, we saw El Nino with Disturbed. And you're like, no, we didn't. Yeah. And it's always been a conversation where you're like, okay, maybe we did. Right, exactly. Um, but <laughs> I knew that we had seen them. Because I think they're coming, they, they like, came back around or something. or I think they've got um, some new stuff coming out. Yeah, or yeah. they've had recent new music out, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where the whole El Nino conversation came up. Recently. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, two weeks before Green Day, we saw Disturbed, which would later become like what one of your top three bands. Yeah, for the longest time, it was my number one band. I listened to it every single day. Um, especially when we moved to Chicago, I listened to them walking. Um, 
I listened to them. Yeah, they were number one for the longest time. Now, I mean, they're still in the rotation, but I I used to only listen to one band. Um, I wouldn't really, like, go outside of that, and if I wanted to listen to music, that's all I would listen to. Um, and now I'm outside of that and listen to a whole bunch of stuff. So, What do you remember for this particular show? So, again, I don't remember very much. Um, I don't remember anything of the performance. Um, I do remember, and this 100% makes sense now, but I remember walking in. Um, so I remember, like, the security thing that was very odd to me because they, d- they didn't have, like, metal detectors, so you would literally oh. get patted down. Um, never going to a show before. I'd never been to or, like, had that experience of um, somebody, like, touching you, basically. Um, so I do remember that um, and just being kind of uncomfortable with that. Not uncomfortable. That's the wrong word. Just um, surprised that that was happening. Uh, or, like, didn't know what to do sort of thing. Now it's, I mean, for the longest time, it was so common. You just hold your hands out. They pat, pat you down. You walk through. But now you just walk through the metal detector. So there's Some no. places. Some places still do a pat down. Yeah, I guess. Um, but most places is a metal detector. But um, anyways, um, so I remember that. And then um, I do remember standing in the crowd and you just having your arm around me. Oh, yeah. Um, which... Totally makes sense now because I was so uncomfortable being in a crowd of people. But thinking back on it now, and I, I kind of remember it was like the third Disturbed concert. I kind of like stood by myself um, for all the concerts that we went to. Maybe it was the fourth one. It must have been the fourth one because it was back at Bel Air. And I kind of remember like kind of being by myself or, you know, I'm saying by myself, but like without you having your arm around me or whatever the, the case is. Um, but now it makes sense because if it was my real first concert, like, I didn't know what to expect from the crowd. Like, we weren't by, like, a pit or anything. Um, we were kind of, like, off to the side. Um, but I was still really uncomfortable being in a whole bunch of people. And, um, yeah, like, people just bump into you. Beer gets spilled everywhere. Right. I mean, with a GA show, right, you have – you have the jostling of the crowd, like the movement yes, of the crowd yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Like even if there are no pits around you, people are bouncing around having a good time, right? So like, there's like a whole ebb and flow to, to the crowd in yeah, and of itself. Yeah. And, and just I, people walking through and everything. Like I yeah. mean, people bump into you, and I was just so uncomfortable with that. And I, d- I do remember for the longest time, like wrapping my arm around, yeah, like, around yeah. like your shoulders and whatnot, to yeah. like just let you know that hey, I'm yeah. here, yeah. like don't worry, it's all going to be okay type thing. Yeah, and now if you did that, I would probably just be like, get off of me, I can't, don't, like, I'm, I'm my own person. <laughs> yeah. Not that I wasn't my own person then, but. You, um, you're more comfortable now. I am so much more comfortable, yeah. Like, I mean, a pit can open up beside us, and I'm perfectly fine. I mean, even when you stop, when I stopped, like, hanging on to you, you would still, like, put your arm behind, because I will yeah. always stand behind you. Yeah, you still stand behind me. Yeah. Because and, you're taller. So. But you would, like, stick your hand behind, like, like grab my shirt, grab my arm yeah. or something. Just, yeah. like, all right, you're, you're there. Yeah. But that's even that's even stopped. Yeah. Well, I do that sometimes, like, depending on the crowd. So, um, yeah. like, just to make sure that uh, we don't, not that we can't be separated, but that way we're, like, next to each other. And, you know, like, because you're behind me, so I don't know where you are. Or, like, I can't see you unless I turn around. So I just sometimes do it just to make sure that, we're still like next to each other and you haven't gotten separated. Yeah. And you, you still do it as we're leaving primarily is when you do it. Now I notice 
like grab onto your shirt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And a part of me is like, why? Like we're going to the front door. I'm just going to stand in front of the front door. Like if we get separated, the only way out is this way. So you will eventually meet back up again. I know. I know. I think it's like an anxiety thing of, you know, wanting to make sure that you're right there. I don't know. (laughs) But that's when I notice it now more than anything. Yeah. It's when we're leaving and trying to wiggle our way through the crowd, um, which is a unique experience in and of itself, leaving a venue. Yeah. And they're all different. So it's, it's interesting for sure. Like it's, it's crazy because I hate crowds and I hate um, being around people hundred percent. Like I'd rather just be by myself and not around people. Um, but when you're in the crowd of a concert, when the concert's happening, is the best feeling that I... Really? Like, for me, it's the best feeling. Um, even when the crowd starts moving and stuff, like, I'm 100% fine with that. Leaving the venue, on the other hand, is back to the, I don't like people. I hmm. don't like this feeling. I don't like being rushed like a cattle, like, through a... I mean, especially... I mean. Think about one that we just went to, like Aragon Ballroom. Like you have to walk down these steps, so you're like funneling this whole ballroom of people or this whole crowd of people down this little stairwell, and I just don't like that feeling. Yeah, for sure. But otherwise, being in the crowd now, I mean, I have no fears, no, I mean, nothing, no, I mean, no anxiety, no nothing. So, yeah. But compared to the first GA show that I've been to, which like I said, makes sense why I was so uncomfortable be standing there because it was my first concert ever going to. Yeah. So. Was, do you remember if that's like when you're, you know, like you fell deeply in love with Disturbed or was it, did it take some time? No, it, it was that show. Was like, it? Yeah. So um, I remember they played 10,000 Fists, which I think the album came out after this okay. concert, like a little bit, like it was this year, but like after this concert. Um. And I remember them playing 10,000 Fists, and that was, like, the show or the song that, like, I think got me to um, really listen to them. But also I think it was, again, one of those things where, like, I didn't really know the music, so this is, like, the first metal band that I knew. Um, But, like, what you're saying is, like, you guys would always listen to metal music, and I primarily listened to country at the time. Um, So I think it was something that we could do together, like, I remember taking your iPod to school one day and listening to Disturbed. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It really got me into it then. I mean, that's cool. It was it the, the concert in and of itself got the desired effect I wanted. <laughs> but it, it wasn't the band I expected you to get into. Like, I expected you to fall in love with El Nino. Yeah. And I think you did have, like, a short, like, I really like El Nino. But... Yeah. It was always disturbed. It was like, that's that's your band. Yeah, yeah. And, like, for the longest time, that was the only concert that I would want to go to. I mean, you took me to other... We didn't go to that many concerts, but, yeah. I mean, we went... If we did, it was a disturbed concert. Um, and it was, like I said, like, the primary band that I would listen to, um, especially when we moved to Chicago. Like, I don't know. There's just something about playing disturbed and listening... Or sitting by the lake. Like, it just... It was the best thing ever. Anything else from this particular concert you remember? No, not really. No? I mean, it again, it's very vague. Um, just those few things that I remember. Um, and you said that you remember absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, no. So, um, I just, 
going back to like researching for this, like I could not, like I said, like we scoured the internet to like match up dates. We like, you know, kind of followed well, their tour. Scour. We spent five minutes looking. No, I looked a lot. Did like, you? Yeah. Oh. So like, and I even, well, I mean, 30 minutes maybe, but like to find their tour. Um, so I found two things. Like one is like set list or something. Um, what's that? Setlist FM, I think, is the the site. But I mean, I I looked there also for like Motley Crue, which was the same year, two thousand five, and I didn't see anything. Oh, they had their um, the Disturbed tours. And oh, that's did one, they? That's one thing that I did was um, so I found that, and then I found I don't even know what the what other website is, but I found the um, like tour dates or whatever. Um, so then I was kind of going through and like matching up the cities. Um, and obviously if they're going to be in Des Moines, they're probably around the Midwest somewhere else a couple nights before, which made sense. It matched up all the dates to like the ticket, the, both websites had it correct or the same date. So, um, but I swore that, um, this was the second concert I've been to. Um, and like, but seeing the dates, I mean, obviously I went to Disturb first and then Green Day second. So yeah, it was a interesting uh realization i don't know i don't know what words no yeah it was definitely shocking because like i said spent how many years saying your first show was green day and in fact it wasn't it was disturbed yep um so what was your first ga show though so motley crew was your first um siege show i don't know what to call that but non-ga yeah Um, that's that's a good point, right? You started with a GA, then your second show was non-GA. Non-GA, yeah. My first show was non-GA, and my second show ever was GA. So basically the reverse of what you did. Yep, yeah. Um, but we would have <laughs> gone our entire life, or I mean, up till, like like I said, just like a little bit ago, it would have been the exact same order, right? Yeah, yeah. Non-GA, GA. Yeah. That's the progression. Well, I think if we didn't even... Um research to do this i mean we could have went years later right. i mean even though we have the ticket stubs like right we don't look at them that often but so then my second show um which was like i said my first ga show was fuse slash uranium slash laser 103.3 presents subliminal versus tour that's so long slipknot yes um yeah it it's a long name, but yeah, it was. I, I like so sorry. Um, I like that. Um, three of our first shows were like VH1, MTV2, and then Fuse, Uranium, um, and then Laser three point uh, Laser one hundred three point three is the local radio station in Des Moines um, that we used to always listen to. So we refer to uh, music a lot as Laser music, meaning that they played it a lot on Laser, and it's that sound of music. Right. So like. Motley Crue is definitely laser music yeah. in my mind. Yeah, Three Days Grace is laser music. Right. Slipknot is not laser music. No, no. They do not play Slipknot that often. Which is so interesting that they are I part mean, of this. They still hype them up because Slipknot is, you know, they're the Iowa band. Yeah. Right? So they, they hype them up a lot. It's just weird they don't play much of their music. Some of their newer stuff, maybe. Um... But back then, especially with Subliminal Verses, think about it, like the first two albums were Slipknot in Iowa. Those were 
pretty heavy albums, right. very heavy al- right. albums. That's not getting radio play often, especially on like Laser. But yeah, it it, it was interesting that like all three of those. Um, I I remember this was around the time that I was watching those higher cable channels a lot on when I was like when I had free time and whatnot, right? Like Fuse was on the constant rotation. G4 Tech TV were channels I'd always watch and IFC for the whitest kids you know. Like, watch that shit all the time. And Fuse played played heavy music and heavy music videos, right? Um, so this particular show was April 23rd, 2005. So... All four of our shows, our first shows, were that year in 2005 and pretty close. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to think about because, um, I mean, now it's not crazy to think about. We can go to four shows in one week. Um, But back then, like, I mean, that would take a month of us working to pay for all those tickets. Yeah. I mean, because we only worked a few hours a week um, and it was minimum wage jobs, so... In the 2000 aughts, I think we saw maybe like 10 shows. Yeah. You can see the board. There's 10. 10 there's shows? Ten, there's 10 tickets, yeah. So we saw 10 shows. So our first show's in 2005, so five-year period, right? Or no, it's not so, in 2009, four-year period. Well, I mean, but that would be five because you had to count 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9. All right, so five-year period. Yeah. We saw 10 shows. Of those 10 shows, four of them, almost 50% of the shows happened in that one year. Yeah, yeah. Which is... And four of those shows end up being disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was April 23rd at Hilton Coliseum. April 11th was Motley Crue, my first show. So two weeks later, less than two weeks later... I saw my second show, which was Slipknot. Yeah. This must have been before your car accident where you weren't spending all your money on car insurance. I, I No, it was definitely after the car accident. Oh, really? But the insurance hadn't kicked in to okay. give me the higher rate. Because I was rate. like, how did you pay for two right. shows within two weeks? Which that, that then goes into the story of how I how we got there. Okay. We'll, we'll get into Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as I was saying, like Fuse played a lot of music I really liked. And... So part of my like, we'll, I we, I think we should really do a show on like musical journey and how like we've progressed through the years and whatnot. Yeah, mine would be boring, but yours is really cool. Sure, and one of the ways I did that was I knew Slipknot was on Roadrunner Records. Okay. And I looked up. I just went to Roadrunner Records, and you would go. They had like a a page on their website for bands, and they had all their bands listed. I think these two bands were listed there. So that's one way I found out about these bands. Fuse was another way. They played the music videos for these bands. Mm-hmm. Um, the first opener was Shadows Fall. Loved Shadows Fall. Still do. Like they, They're fucking awesome. I remember watching their music videos on Fuse and just loving their music and then buying their, their album. I think it's like Idle Hands or something. My favorite album they have. Um <clears throat> And yeah, that was that was killer. I loved that so much. The next opener was Lamb of God. Yeah, this this concert seems amazing. Like I wish we could go back and watch it again. This concert, it, 
as you'll as as we'll find out has a has had a lasting impact on me a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I remember loving every minute of this concert. And for this amazing concert, I paid thirty five dollars and then sixteen fifteen in fees. Yeah, and that's for GA for GA, right? Like that is just crazy cheap. Yeah, for a coliseum or like for a arena yep. type show too. It's a small arena, right? It's, it is, yeah. But it's still an arena show. But for Iowa, that, I mean, they hold a lot of concerts there. They do, yeah. So, I It's mean, like going out to Allstate, I think, yeah, here. Yep, yep, I would agree, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not like going to United Center, but it's the equivalent. E- exactly. Yeah. You're at, at like a AAA stadium, not a major league stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I loved all three of these, all three of these bands. The new album, Subliminal Verses, had just come out or was on its way. I think it had just come out. And I loved that album. It was, it, it might be one of my favorite Slipknot albums. It's definitely not their heaviest or hardest album. Like that is probably Iowa and maybe Slipknot. Um, but I, I still like Subliminal Verses. It, it was at that point in my life, you know, teenage years and whatnot. And it had a lasting impact on me. I love it. Right. But... So the story getting out there, got my first job, Burger King, worked a bit, super excited to get a paycheck. I was going to buy a PlayStation 2, some DVDs, some movies, some video games, all with this one paycheck. You thought you were going to be like a millionaire with one paycheck? No, I worked two weeks. I think I calculated it. I should have made like 500 to $600. And I was like, all right, well. That's not even working two weeks, 40 hours a week at minimum wage at that time. It was five fifteen an hour. I think I worked quite a bit. Okay. I remember I calcul- maybe I did my math wrong, which is definitely so. possible. I think so. I was super excited to make a lot of money. Okay. So you were going to get this huge paycheck and go buy a whole bunch of shit. Right. Okay, cool. And then I got my first paycheck and it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like 500 less than I thought. And I'm being pissed off. I was texting my mom on my way home. Light turns red. Car in front of me stops through the red light. I don't stop. I rear end them. Boom. Paycheck's gone. So all that shit I was going to buy is now, fuck it. Can't do that anyway because now I have to pay for this shit. That, I think, fucked up my car a little bit. I did not get it repaired. I think we put, like, clear duct tape or some clear tape, like, packing tape over the headlight. That way it wouldn't blow out during rain. Yeah. Um, I remember you couldn't put your car in reverse or something. Or park. Oh, that was that was definitely toward the end. I kind <laughs> of vaguely remember that, but it wasn't at this point oh, okay. in its okay. life. Okay. In its life? Yeah. I think what, like, the the other thing is the passenger side back door, when you would open it, the door would open, but the panel would be stuck inside the door. So then you couldn't get in anyway. So that was that door was, like, always locked. And if we had four people in, you had to screw your cost. Um, but the other thing is, I think this fucked up like the wheels or something, because if I got, if I drove like 60 plus miles an hour, it felt like it was shaking (laughs) some and it was, it made me nervous. So I was already nervous. I don't like, I didn't like driving on the interstate. Kind of still don't like driving on the interstate. You don't like driving. I, I like driving. I just don't have to do it anymore. So I don't do it. Okay. So I haven't done it in several years, but anywho. Um, so given that I, d- I didn't like driving on the interstate 
if I drove past 60 miles an hour, the car I felt like was shake. So it just, it just felt unsafe. So we were living in, you know, like Grinnell at the time and didn't Grinnell Newton didn't want to drive the interstate down to 35, then drive up to Ames. Like, no, that's not going to happen. So nobody else, like you didn't want to go to this show with me. Once again, this was before you. Back in 2005, I would never go to a Lamb of God or Slipknot show. I just was not into the music at that time. It was very heavy. I'm a big, big, I still am. I'm a big lyrics person. And at the time I thought, you can't even understand what they're saying. So why would I go? Yeah, and like I said, our other core friend group um, that I went with Motley Crew with, also not into Slipknot, so they didn't want to go. So a friend in high school uh, was also a big Slipknot fan, and like, shit, let's go, the two of us. Um, so we went, but we stopped in Newton to pick up. So for Green Day, we took the manager at Burger King's daughter. Yep. For Slipknot, we took her son to the, to see Slipknot. And by the time, so I picked up my friend who lived in Grinnell with me. Um, we drove to Newton, Highway 6, stopped at Burger King where we were supposed to pick this kid up. And the entire time, we're just running behind schedule. Like, I know we're going to be fucking late. And I know we're not taking the interstate, or I'm not taking the interstate. Because I car shakes i don't like driving on the interstate fuck that i'm not doing it and i'm driving so fuck you all we, we're gonna do what i say but i was so pissed off that like everybody's this felt like everybody's dragging their feet like we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go and finally get everyone start driving out taking the highways i think we took highway 14 all the way like it went straight to ames so highway 14 i don't think goes straight to ames but it goes up north and then i think you get to go on like 165. Something like that. that. Yeah, I mean, MapQuest. Like, you, the same time, you didn't have smartphones. You had to, like, have a book that had the maps and the roads and shit, right? Or you like download and print. Sure, that word, whatever. A book with maps. We used to use that all the time. Or you would go to, like, MapQuest and type in your route, and they give you step by the same thing you do with the GPS today. But you'd print it out then. And you'd have a printed sheet of paper that says, for one mile, then turn right. Basically the exact same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Just you have your friend in the passenger seat be your Siri and read out the... Oh, no, not even that. I, I would hold it as I drove and like would look like <laughs> super safe. Super safe. Yeah. Um, anywho, so we, we had our directions printed out. It was a straightforward drive. Like you're on one highway... Yeah, you probably have, like, two turns. Take a left turn, and you just go straight. Yeah. And that road then goes into the main road in Ames, which then the Coliseum is going to be on your left, and you just turn into the parking lot there. It's supposed to be super simple. It's supposed to take, like, 40 minutes. Doors opened, you know, like, 5 or something. We were going to leave at 4, 20 minutes to get to... Newton, 20 minutes to, or 40 minutes then, an hour. We're going to get there right at doors open. We're going to be solid, perfect timing. We got there, and the band, it was after the show started. 
I don't know if you could hear it in the parking lot. I'm pretty sure you couldn't hear it in the parking you lot. You don't think so? I don't. I kind of don't. I mean, we're not normally outside of arenas at the time, but I just feel like you would hear it. But maybe not. So, so I remember going, like we got there, parked, got in line because there was still a line to get in, which shocked me at the time. And now I kind of like. Do you think it's because of the pat downs versus metal detector? No, okay. I. It shocked me at the time that there was a line, and it shocks me today that there's a line. Even when we go to concerts now, that people show up that late, because people don't show up for openers. They don't like. They're here to see. The headline they're here to see Slipknot they don't necessarily want to see the openers or they do maybe it's not the first it's the second you know so they're going to skip over that and like I don't I don't need to be there for that shit I'll just be there for what I want to see we're a little different we want to go to the openers we want to see because it's a way to learn about new music yeah yeah I feel like that's the best way to learn about new bands that you don't know is listening to the openers right um but I think when we we're in line to get pat like do the pat down you could hear a muffled noise. Obviously, the it was going on. It's like, fuck. I wanted to see Shadows Fall. I fucking love them. Like, what the fuck, guys? If you wouldn't have dragged your feet, we would have been here on time. Are you blaming them because you didn't want to drive the interstate? I'm blaming them for dragging their feet, yes. Like, it was their fault. I had the time spaced out perfectly to get there and whatnot. And not only that, but, like, we just showed up late. You said that you left at 4 o'clock. I, I don't know if Doors that's true or not. F- I, okay. I'm just saying okay. that's probably how my mind I think mind it takes works. over an hour to get to Ames from Newton alone. So if you left Grinnell at 4, you're going to be late. Yeah, I'm pulling numbers out of my ass here. Anyways, you thought you had the perfect plan to get there, perfect timing. Right, but everybody else drug their feet okay. and I was late because of them. Okay. And if I didn't have to go with people I would have been there on time but at the same time I wouldn't have been there if I didn't go with someone so it's like one of those catch 22 things right like fuck I'm fucked either way um anywho get through get through the door and you're in like this back stairwell and you have to like go down this winding stairs and then you're at this like double door like you would normally see like a gym door right and you opened it and straight ahead of you was the stage and Shadows Fall, like I said, was already playing. And Brian, the lead singer, has these long as fuck dreadlocks. And his mic is not a cordless mic. It's on a cord and, and whatnot, right? And he does this thing. He would do it in the music videos. And I saw it in the music videos where he like bends down and twirls his head to do like a helicopter type thing, right? With his dreadlocks and they're going in a circle. Then he takes the mic above his head and does the same thing with that. And I had walked in looking straight at the stage in the middle of him doing that, like straight in the center of the stage, the bass, the drummer, the guitar players, all just like jamming out, head banging. And I just remember like, holy fuck, this is awesome. I was pissed that we were late, but at the same time, it's like to walk through the doors and see that as your first scene. It's like, shit, that's awesome. Yeah, I wonder if that's better than going there and then spending 30 minutes standing there waiting for it to start. Exactly. You know, like you have this vivid memory of walking in the doors and seeing this happening where if you maybe were on time, you're, you know, you would be just standing around. You weren't drinking age. Right. So you would have just been standing around waiting for a concert to start. 
Exactly. I mean, yeah, I am pissed we missed the beginning. We missed maybe a couple songs, maybe one, maybe none. Like maybe that was the first song. I don't know. Um, but it was it was frustrating. But yeah, that's that's very true. That is a vivid memory now that I have. And I like I said, it's the first it's not my first concert. It's my I say it's my first GA show, but it's one of the it is the first memory, I guess, outside of the titty cam. cam that I have of a concert, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. That's really all I remember from that particular set. Then Lamb of God comes on. And I think this was like right after Ashes of the Week or Ashes of the Wake. Ashes of the Wake, I think. Ashes of the Wake, yeah. yeah. Um, which had just come out in like 2004-ish. I can't remember exactly. But I loved that album. It's so many good songs. Even to this day, it's probably my favorite um, Lamb of God album. There's just so much on there that's so good. And the only thing I really remember of that is they did like a wall of death, right? Split the crowd in half. And when I say fucking go, destroy this place, right? And my first GA show, I was scared shitless. I was like, fuck, I'm about to die. You needed a boyfriend to wrap his arms around you. I did, yes. It would have helped so much. (laughs) It, 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 I was scared shitless. Like, I was like, fuck. And I I didn't get into it. I didn't do that. Like, I'm just standing right here. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. And then... Boom, everybody went, and I'm just, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to like stay we here and live. Like, in the crowd? Yeah, I was in the crowd. Okay. But I wasn't, like, near the edge. Okay, okay. Um, so you weren't, like, in the middle where everybody was. No, it, it did split, but, yeah, it, when they charged, I was like, no, I'm going to keep going this way. You're just going to be on the edge. Okay. As far away from this as I can get. But I do remember also, like, a couple pits opening. I felt like it was... Wall to wall, circle pit in front of me. Look behind me, four people, wall to wall, circle pit back there also. Like these two massive pits. And I'm caught in the middle. It's like just a matter of time before these two hurricanes of people just collide and I get sucked up into it. Like it scared me so much. But it was awesome. They got done. Um, My friend David, who I went with from high school, I think he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go get rail for Slipknot. And he fought his way. That was the last time I think I saw him that night. And he like worked his way up front until we left, obviously. Oh, good. I was, um, I was hoping you didn't leave him. <laughs> no. Um, our manager's son had seats. So he was, once we got there, we, we split ways. He went to find his seat. We went to get pat down and get on GA floor. And then a white curtain drops. For Slipknot and to get the stage set up and whatnot, right? And before it started, I remember there being like this Jamaican, I, I want to say Jamaican man because this this man from Jamaica. And I, I say that because he was playing still drums. And for some reason, anybody who plays still drums. They is, have to be from Jamaica. Yes, 100%. Nobody else ever plays still drums. And, and he just looked, it, it was like a, a tropical, it was a sunny day with like palm trees and shit, right? And it, and like a beach, and it just looked like it was Jamaica. And you just get this old man playing still drums projected on this white screen. And it's so fucking weird. It's like, I don't understand any of this. And then 
curtain drops, Slipknot goes on I stage. I not imagine Slipknot going out to a Jamaican. Or Just still a, drums. Still drums, yeah. I'm not going to say Jamaican because who knows. But like a projection of people, or somebody playing steel drums and then like boom. Slipknot. Well, I don't know if there was something else, but. That's what you remember. Yeah, that's what yeah. I remember. Yeah. And I got to see The Ballistus Exists, I think is the name of the song. From volume three. And, you know, Clown comes out with the the drum line drum kit. And they're out there doing... And I just remember loving that. And I had seen Slipknot perform, like, on YouTube. Downloaded, like you said, downloading was a thing. So we I downloaded, like, live videos of them playing... I think I had disaster pieces by this time and I'd watched that several times. Yeah, I remember you saying like you watched that before going and it kind of scared you. Well, yeah, it's just so crazy, right? But at the same time, there was so much going on on the stage. Like, and I think this was back when they're the, the two drum kits on the side would go up. Like they were on the hydraulics that would go up and down. And as one would go up, somebody would just come randomly come running over, grab it, and like hang, like with one arm hang from it, and then like jog as it went up yeah, and like yeah. spun. I remember that from when we saw Slipknot a few years later. And Joey did his drum solo where it, w- it went up and spun in circles, and then the Slipknot star behind. Like there was so much going on stage at once. It. It was fucking awesome. I loved that show so much. And like, I don't remember a whole much, a whole lot more other than that, but. That's a lot of memories though, compared to our other two. It is. Or yeah. the other three concerts. Like you have so many vivid memories of that concert, which I think um, kind of formed your love for live music more than Motley Crue. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I mean, now we have bought seat tickets a few times. Um, sometimes out of necessity because the prices are so high we have to. Um, and then other times it's that's what we decide to buy. But um, we primarily go for floor tickets to have the experience of what you're having or what you had your first show. Yeah, like this definitely solidified the floor is the best place to see a show for me because the same thing you said with Disturbed and like me wanting to wrap my arms around and protect you, even with no pit, right? The the crowd is a living thing. It's moving. Yes. You get the energy from the crowd. There's so much energy there. So much more than in your seats. Yeah. And there's definitely energy in the seats. Don't get me wrong. But it's just a different vibe, a different energy. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I don't, I don't get the energy from the seats as on the floor. And even if we've been to, we've been to some concerts where the, crowd or the floor isn't full, and you can feel that vibe as well, that there's not as much energy as when it's like a packed concert and everybody's just, right? Like you have to be in the crowd. Yeah, 100%. Like like, I, like you said, this, uh, there's not many, but there are a few viv- vivid memories at this show. And yeah, it definitely left a lasting impact on me. And live shows, live music, there's nothing like it. Like that energy, the wall of death. I'm, oh my God, I'm going to die. You're not going to die. 
Like no, you're gonna be fine. You you get knocked down and there's fourteen fucking people yeah. rushing, like people who aren't even in the goddamn pit rushing in to pick oh, you up. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's everybody stops, picks you up, and then you just like immediately go back at it. It's yeah, and and we're talking from a perspective of the outside of the pit. Yes. Not on the inside of the pit. Even so. on the inside, it's like. A what friendly a, our perspective yeah yeah yeah. we have not been inside of a pit that's true that's We've very true on the edge multiple times but and i'm just yeah looking at people who are in the pit like seeing how they interact with each other definitely is a like a camaraderie like a brotherhood type yes. thing yeah um even though from other people's perspective or okay so like we have family members that don't listen to the music we listen to we have a lot of friends that don't listen to the music we listen to so from their perspective, I feel like they think that it's just people wanting to kill each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not. It's like, yep. like you said, a camaraderie. I can't say that word, but um, like a friendship, like your family, like when you're in there, your family, and you're just all doing the same thing. And it's all a brotherhood. Or a, yeah. I, I don't even want to say brotherhood because women do it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. But, you know, it's just this. Um, I think family is a better way yeah. of putting it like that. Like you're just you're doing the same thing for the same reason and you're not out for blood or you're not out for you're just out having a good time yeah. and yeah. like whatever. Yeah. It's a good time. And like we've been to shows with people who like we just randomly run into crowd members, right? And talk to them and they're like, This is my first show. I'm scared. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been to other shows where they've done like wall of deaths before and I've seen like people around me like, Oh my god, I'm what the fuck is gonna I'm gonna die. And it's, it's that same thought I had. But at the same time, it's like, you're going to be fine. It's, don't worry. If you don't want to get in there, you don't have to get in there. Nobody's going to make you. Right. And at the same time, if you do, you're you're perfectly yeah. safe. Yeah. Like, you're going to be taken care of if yeah. you're inside. Yeah. No, I, I've seen that too. Like, especially um, younger patrons at the concerts. Like, you can see their eyes, which is probably the same I'm going to use the word fear, but the same thought process that was going through your mind during this first show, uh, or this, I guess, your second show, but this first GA show, um, of, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What What's going to happen to me? You know, sort of thing. And I can see that now as, I mean, we're older, but looking at the younger people and um, seeing what their vision, or, you know, like, what their eyes are saying. Yeah, 100%. Or their face is saying. And, and like I said, don't remember a whole lot other than all that, right? Um, we gathered up the, the two other people up that we came with. We drove home. Nothing but smiles and just talking amongst ourselves about how awesome that night was, how amazing the show was, how fucking awesome all the bands were. Just, it, yeah, and I don't know. It was a, it was a great time. It would be a great show to see. Like, those three bands together, I, I mean, I would go back to the 2005 oh, yeah. and see them. That'd 100%. be awesome. Time travel gets invented. I'm going back to that show 100%. Yes. First yeah, place I'm going. I'll go with you this time. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are our, those were our first shows, our first four shows. Um, each one had a non-GA and each one had a GA. Yeah. Um, and I think I mean, even though we have very, very limited um, memories, like I think it did form our love for live music. I mean, there was a few years in there where I was just uncomfortable going to concerts. Um, but I think it definitely set the groundwork, especially for you, for live music and wanting to see live shows. 
hundred percent. Like this Slipknot show is definitely going to be in my top shows forever. Even when I start, like these memories start fading even more so than they have. Like I will always remember this as being the show that got me into live music. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great to have these, you know, like even the limited memories that we have, it's great to like have these conversations or like talk about it again. Um, And even talking to other people, like, there's a lot of people that say, like, oh, what was your first show? Which, obviously, for 17 years, I said Green Day. Now I will change it. (laughs) And I kind of maybe will say that story of, like, I always thought it was this. Then we learned it was disturbed. But it makes sense it was disturbed. Yeah. I mean, and for you, I mean, even though you went to see Motley Crue, I mean, two weeks later you saw this awesome show. And I think that was what really solidified live music for you 100 so i don't know first 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 shows first four shows and uh, i mean obviously there's been many more to come and or sorry first four shows and there's been many more since then and there's gonna be a lot more to come hopefully so yeah i mean yeah thanks so much for listening to our first four shows and our first episode yeah our first episode about our first four shows <laughs> um We've got a we've got a lot of shows to talk about, a lot coming up, and yeah, I hope you hope you stick around to check it out. Yep. Thank you, everybody. All right. See you later. Mm-hmm.